0: Welcome to A Kenyan's Experience, a podcast for Kenyans by Kenyans. In this podcast, we use real, raw, and personal journeys to provide you with the knowledge and the power to demystify, simplify, and make better decisions about your academic and professional future. They say experience is the best teacher. Well, here you'll hear about the experiences of Kenyan nationals who navigated the academic and professional worlds, both locally in Kenya and in the diaspora. This podcast is relevant for everyone at any point in their academic or career path, from high schoolers to university students to industry professionals and even those looking to pivot later in their careers. Here to Kenyan's experience, We ask the questions you wish you had answers to before you started your academic or professional journey, before you made that life changing big decision. And we normalize making bold decisions for you. So tune in for a once weekly episode that will leave you inspired, challenged, and laughing as Kenyans tell their stories here on A Kenyan's Experience.
1: another episode of a Kenyan's Experience podcast. We're here, back again. As you guys know, we're in season four. More exciting, more amazing guests. Um, I'm joined by, first of all, I'm joined by my co-host Cynthia. Cynthia, say hello.
2: Hey guys, what's up? Excited to be on this episode?
1: Yeah, super excited on this episode. This is uh, another huge guest. Another huge, huge guest. Um, Well known. uh, Personally, someone that I follow and admire myself. And, um, just getting to know him and ask him a lot of lot of questions just to fix that but so we have shiv on the podcast today
3: thanks thank you for having me dennis thanks for the intro uh hi Cynthia. thanks for having me and the rest of the co-hosts who are not around it's a pleasure to be here
1: yeah yeah so shiv tell us about Mm -hmm. yourself who is shiv what is your origin story
3: what is my origin story? <laughs> I feel like I have so many origin stories that I've started over so many times. Um, so who is Shiv? Shiv is a father. Shiv is a husband. Shiv is the founder and CEO of Rotator Wellness, which is an online fitness and nutrition coaching business. Um, Shiv is also a co-host of Unit the Podcast, which I, founder and co-host of Unit the Podcast, which I co-host with my wife. Um, it's based on long-term relationships. We have been together 14 years, uh, married for four of those years. And um, Shiv is also just a fitness enthusiast and um, dog enthusiast. I would also say dog psychology just before expert, maybe professional. Um, (laughs) And uh, yeah, that's who I am. Nice,
1: nice. I have to ask, what, what dogs do you have?
3: I have a male, three-year-old Rottweiler. Ooh, nice. Yeah, his name is Mamba. (laughs)
2: Nice. (laughs) Fitting. (laughs)
3: Yeah, yeah.
2: So you said that you you have quite a few origin stories because you've said it over so many times. Do you mind telling us when was it that you first had to sort of take a step back and then switch your origin story around a bit?
3: Oh, okay, um, I feel like it starts from way back when I was a child. So originally, growing up, um, I was in love with football. Everything I ate, brief sleep was football. Yeah, and I did want to be a footballer growing up. Like I was convinced I'm going to play football as a profession from like early on. Then by middle school, what would be like class five. You know, it started to hit reality-wise because I was like, all I want to do is go to football academy and I want to be a footballer. And, you know, I shared this dream with my folks and they knew I wanted to do this, but it wasn't possible for economic reasons, financial reasons. And that was kind of the first one, like, okay, so I'm not going to play football. (laughs) So I'm going to high school. (laughs) <laughs> to do what exactly, you know, I, I hadn't even thought of going to high school, that was it in my thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the first turning point, like, okay, I guess I just have to go to high school then. Meaning now I have to start like actually getting serious with my grades, um, you know, to a place where I can get to whatever high school I want to get to without having to, um, I say, struggle as much in terms of, I don't have the grades and now it's like searching for something that fits as opposed to getting grades that can help you have a choice as to where to go. That was kind of the first time. Um, do I take you through all of them now?
2: <laughs> as you wish, <laughs> by, I, have a, I have a follow-up question to that,
3: actually. Yeah. So yeah. what
2: was that like in terms, I mean, how old are you when that happened, actually? It sounds like you're pretty young um, you were before high school.
3: Yeah, I mean, before high school, that was around, I was around, what, 10, 11, the first oh, wow. time that happened. Because I got to high school around thirteen. Yeah, I was thirteen in high school. Just turned fourteen, like midway through my first year in high school. Yeah. And so,
2: what? So, was it that? So, just to, just to clarify. So, was it just before then? So, the, the football was the dream. So, then you weren't taking school seriously, and the complete focus was just football.
3: Yeah, I wasn't. Well, I mean, I was just like getting by. I was just like, okay, mm-hmm. I wouldn't fail. But I'm not going to try any harder um, to be, like, top five or, like, number one in class. I was like, I, I really don't care about being number one in class. I have no desire to be number one in class. However, I have a desire to be first team in every single game we are playing, in, mm. in school, mm. in church, in the A-state. I, leave me out and it's a problem, especially if the ball <laughs> is mine. I'm going back home, you know, kind of mentality. Um, yeah, yeah.
2: And yeah. so what was the, that like? Sorry, go ahead, Dennis.
3: No,
1: no, I was just going to say, I'm the same. Football was my be-all, end-all when I was young. I think yeah, you all had that crushing dream when you realize, oh, man, this is probably not it. Then they yeah. say, so you're just cruising yeah. through it. But you know, mm-hmm. at the back of your mind, there's just a football, just controlling your life. So I completely understand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Ah, yeah, anyway, here we are. Yeah, yeah. it's like ripping up a new wound, old wounds, like, oh man, oh man, yeah.
2: And so what was that transition like for you in terms of then starting over and figuring out the next steps? Because I think what we'd like to do with this podcast is to, because everybody knows your name, everyone knows Shiv Simani, but I would have never known your love for football until we just asked you this question. And the whole point of the podcast is to allow people to understand that everyone started from somewhere. We've all had triumphs and I guess failures oh. and whichever way you have a look at them. So yeah, if you don't mind taking us through then, what was that like for you then transitioning into, okay, maybe now I'd start focusing on school? Cause even I weirdly had that when I realized like, oh shit. <laughs> uh things yeah. are going going the way that I planned out. And I sort of need really to start focusing on what I need to do. So it'd be lovely to hear from you. Um
3: it was obviously very painful, crushing, um, to you know, you kind of realize okay, that's not the reality of things. But, you know, you just keep moving on. Like, what's the next thing? What can I do next? And you get to high school and there's this whole new ecosystem. There's this new friends. Um, You're just starting to hit, you know, your teenage years. Um, So there's a lot going on, obviously. Um, But now in high school, it was like, okay, so what can I do here that I enjoy doing, that I love to do? So, again, I kind of joined, you know, at least the house football team. But I didn't – I think I kind of hated – the idea of competing for football for a bit of my high school and uni years. Like I was playing, but I was playing because I love it, not because I wanted to compete in it, because I was like, there's no need to trying to like work too hard here, cause like where is this going? Where is this taking me? And then it's like as that was happening, I injured myself. I got injured in football. I dislocated my right shoulder, and that was kinda like now for sure you're not going to do this competitively because it was a matter of a number of surgeries for you to be like at the level you need to be if you're trying to go professional or slow down so it was like okay i'm done i'm slowing down what next so i joined you know the swimming team and i was in the high school swimming team and that was fun it took me at least places around many high schools, um, mm. I competed quite a lot. So I was still like in the fitness and sports industry, but it wasn't like what I loved to do, but I enjoyed it. I was a good swimmer. Um, and then, you know, uni was next and uni, we kind of went deep into kind of this party lifestyle cause nights you're in this new ecosystem. Cause when I was in a boys boarding school. Na- a boys' national boarding school. I was in Lenana. So it's like kind of very military, um, where I was from. Now going into uni, I was in USAU, where it's all freedom. Like no one cares really if you come to classes. No one's following up with you for anything. So I kind of lost my way, so to say, uh, from sports completely. And this went into partying um, till later on when things changed. Yeah, I'll, I'll kind of stop there. <laughs> Unless, I, I can continue, but I, I'll stop there in case there are any questions or in case, yeah.
1: No, leading questions, actually. I was going to then ask uh, how you then navigated from high school now into university life. So at that point, did you know what you wanted to do um, in the future?
3: Alongside <sighs> no, the I did not. As I... Studying as well. Oh, okay, thank you. <laughs> um, okay, Um I didn't exactly know what I wanted to do before I went to uni. I kind of wanted to either do architecture, but math and, um, the sciences were just, um, not (laughs) accepting me. (laughs) I was like doing well in art and English and geography. And I was not doing well in Mm -hmm. what I had to do, which is architecture. So I was like, okay, maybe I'll do design, but the design school I was looking at, um, was in Malaysia and again finances so it was like um, i don't want to do a diploma course here in there was a school here i think it's still there i can't remember its name but it was offering a diploma course and my folks were like if we're paying for you we're paying for you to get a degree in something Mm. so i was like okay if i'm not going to malaysia then i'll just do whatever so i literally just ended up in usiu doing hotel and um hospitality management, which is what I graduated in. And um, that was my degree. I didn't really, I was like, okay, maybe I'll do this and see how it goes. So I just immersed myself in that. Graduated and worked in the industry for, that's the hotel industry as a reservations agent, um, front desk, Um, actually I started from the bottom. I was a porter, Um, I was part of the waiting staff. Uh, the kitchen support staff. I did the housekeeping. Basically, I did everything in the mm-hmm. hotel, um, junior staff positions. Um, but again, after I think two years working in the industry, I quickly realized that this is not what I want to do. Um, mm-hmm. I, I was good at it. I was like slowly rising. but I was like, okay, it'll take me X number of years to get to here. And I'm not really enjoying this. This is not my passion. Um, This is building someone else's passion. And this is like putting so much into this other person's hotel. And no matter how hard I worked, the salary was the same, you know. And I was like, nah, this ain't it. And if like the front office staff messes up, everyone gets like a tongue lashing. And I was like, nah, this ain't it. Like why do I get to be blamed for other people's mistakes or if it's, like my victory, like it. Okay, it kind of gets like it's a team effort, but it was it was kind of getting to me. Like no matter how hard how you work, yes, you might get a slight promotion, but by the time you get in that promotion, paywise, it's like at the end of like how many months? And I didn't see that as my future. And to add to that, around that time is when uh, my now wife, girlfriend, then got pregnant with um, our firstborn, and. I didn't want her to come uh, into this world seeing me, uh, being around me, doing something that I didn't enjoy because I was mm-hmm. slightly miserable, to be honest, because I, I wasn't enjoying it as much and the working hours were crazy because I was working all holidays because we're in the hotel business, that's like peak time, yeah. so holidays I'm working, I'm doing like night shifts, I'm doing, I'm off on a Tuesday afternoon, like who's, who else is off on a Tuesday mm-hmm. afternoon? So I didn't think it was worth it for me. And that's when I was kind of slowly being introduced into this fitness world by my then really good friend. Um, And he was doing something to do with fitness abroad. So I was kind of like getting his course text and learning from him and learning online. YouTube was now starting to really pop. So I was like just learning on my own and doing it on my own on the side. So it was like, I'd go to the gym in the morning, go to work in the afternoon, go home. Then later on, I went into like even training people in the morning or going to work in the morning, training people in the afternoon, then going back home. So it was like I was working two jobs at the time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, a few months in, I was just like, you know what? I'm not doing this anymore. I'm just going to take the leap. So yeah, I resigned from work and I started over again. <laughs> we founded a company, um, Just Gym and um, with Frankie, and from there, you know, we just moved it. <laughs> I was more than like communications and marketing and whatever he was more the trainer, and I was just learning from him also, then I was learning Costex, then we kind of took it over from there, yeah,
2: I have a lot of questions uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> um. So it sounds like just going all the way back like just listening to your story it sounds like you wanted to be the best in football you wanted to be the best at swimming and it sounds like yeah. it's it sounds like you're competitive but it really sounds like you've been a leader throughout and that's what you've wanted to be to be throughout and obviously you founded so many companies and you know you've had a podcast you know you've got crossfit etc etc um and so yeah. just going back to your story Who was it in your family who sort of like built that within you and what was the support system like for Mm. you? Because I think that that's Mm. really tough because as someone, um, as a young woman, um, just going through so many changes in my own life, it's just trying to understand what are the things that you need in order to be able to start over again and again, because I think that's the secret to life. Just accepting that, you know, as cliche as it sounds, change is the most constant thing.
3: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, Cynthia. First, obviously, support system is really important. Um, I'd say my dad has always kind of been a leader in his own respect in terms of the family. He's a firstborn, so how he moves. However, he's always been in like, and, and my mom too, in like formal work nine to five. So for them, it was really difficult for them to understand how I could leave something stable to just jump onto the unknown and basically when we started this whole coaching business was like unheard of in terms of it being on social media and what we were doing with vlogging and coming onto the social media so it took a lot of just self-discipline and really getting our parents and our close family members to kind of see the vision so constantly explaining to them, you know, and letting them see um, not just by hearing you talk about how much you want this, but them seeing how hard you're working to get this, you know. Um, is, there, is there some income coming in? Is there a kind of plan? What's your plan? So we kept reiterating this to them. I think there has to be some perseverance and just belief <laughs> um, <laughs> that you will succeed and do what you need to do and keep learning, keep growing and be as humble as possible in terms of, you don't know everything, so you're taking, you're giving it your all, you're taking 100%. So every day you're doing something that is leading you to be better um, and leveling up in this thing that you want to do. So what is that one thing you're doing every day? It has to be done every single day. So it's just like, keep learning, keep growing, perseverance, and just keep reiterating and be um, perseverant and hopeful, let's say. yeah, And lots of prayer. Um, it doesn't have to be you know, religious, but spiritual. I'm very spiritual. So, yeah, I hope I've answered your question.
2: Yeah, you definitely have. Thank you.
3: Okay. Okay. Okay.
1: Cool. Would you say being in the, the, the hospitality industry and with all of the challenges that that had, that it motivates you, it built you to the person to now go for the the passion of being in fitness. Because, for example, if you're in a different industry, say like in IT or just another different industry, you wouldn't have that hardworking mentality or capability to then go after what you want. Would you say being in the hospitality industry mm-hmm. did that for you,
3: um, I'm not sure to be honest. Um, I always knew, I had it, I knew deep inside that that's not what I wanted to do. Yeah, I wanted to do something that I enjoyed or at least liked doing, not that something that I was just good at doing, um, something that I felt some fire for. And I didn't really feel fire for, you know, being at work um, at the front desk. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't feel the fire. So it's like, something that brought me back to sports and fitness i feel like reignited that fire because this is what i enjoy doing i enjoy working out or just being in not the usual environment for work so to say yeah 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 i think that's it I don't know if I've answered. I'm not sure if you've No, I've no, no, you have. Yeah, yeah, you definitely okay. have because okay. I, I know a lot of people who have
1: been in that hospitality industry, some who still are, some who also went out of it because they said that it was super, super difficult and challenging, hardworking. But then mm-hmm. one thing I've found in common is that their futures have always been based on, okay, now this is what I want to do. This is how I'm going to mm-hmm. do it. These are the steps I'm going to take. And I see that because of what they've been through. Um, being in the hospitality yeah. industry, which is why I yeah. it's, definitely, it's definitely showing and and going into your next passions. Yeah, it's admirable.
3: Okay, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, the industry, I mean, it taught me a lot. It taught me patience. Um, yeah. um, you know, you see all these videos of guests and um, hotel staff fighting, and I can tell you it can get there. Because, you know, you're like five hours into your shift at on a Friday, and this guest you've been dealing with difficult guests all week and this guest just comes and he's just been completely disrespectful from the beginning you know you really have to take some deep breaths and woosa and just learn to you know just woosa and just move and just listen and you know not to take things personally but also it was like all right if this is how things out here then how would I run things in my business? How would I train staff? How would I, so you start to think about other things and what you would like to see or do um, when you're out there. But it also helps you learn um, and see the other side of things. So it's like, when I go to a hotel, I kinda feel you know how the staff are feeling because I'm like, I've been there, I know how it is. So I cannot go without tipping. I always say thank you. I always say please, and I yeah. insist. And if yeah. someone is being rude to service staff next to me, I tell them off. I I can't I can't stand that because I'm like that's that's completely disrespectful. That's like you know kind of thing. So it kind of molded me in some way. Yeah.
2: And as you were as you were completing your degree um, in hotel management, were there ways that you kept that fire? alive within you because obviously that's what three to four years of your life um was there a way to keep that fire inside you alive of you know you want to be in fitness I guess at that point maybe you didn't know it was fitness exactly but you just want to be in sports you just want to be in a specific environment what ways that you sort of kept that passion burning because I think it can be so easy to just accept your fate and just be like, oh, you know what, I broke my shoulder. It didn't work out for me in high school. You know, let me just just do this and get on with my life. Because I think that's a mentality that I see a lot in people. So how did you maintain that passion?
3: Um, I kept playing. I never stopped playing um, football or swimming or running or participating in marathons but I just wasn't giving it a hundred percent. I was giving it like my 70% or 60% effort. So still doing it on the side, but I guess life kind of took me back to it um, after what happened. So it was like a year or two before um, my daughter came. Yeah, like a year or two before my wife got conceived that this was like, last year of uni around there so was it last year of uni or first year of working around there so in that year there was a lot of partying going on a lot of drinking um etc going on and i was involved in two one two yeah i would say two but i think there were three two that i can remember very clearly uh, road accidents Um, Mm -hmm. drunk driving accidents. That's with my now wife, her best friend, and her best friend's boyfriend at the time. I was driving in all instances. Um, Yeah, so two were accidents, and one was a street fight outside. I don't know if you guys know queues in Mm Westy. Outside queues with some guys. So I was in two drunk driving accidents in that year and a fight, a street fight. And the most I injury I came out with was like a finger, a fracture in my finger, in my like little finger. Oh, wow. mm. No one got hurt in the cars, accidents, and that kind of I think the last accident happened in December. Or uh, was it November, December? And I think that's the year of that time I didn't sleep after that last accident for probably, I remember it very well, for probably 24, almost 48 hours. I, I think I was just shook. I was shook because I sat down and I was like, "This, this is, this is, this is a sign." I mean, mm. I haven't gotten injured again. No one's gotten injured. The car can still move. Like the tires are fucked up and the suspension's gone, but yeah. I'm okay. I'm alive. Everyone's fine. So I kind of thought to myself, you know, if I continue like this, I probably won't be here for another, another month. You know, I can't keep partying and drinking and driving and fighting. Um, I I remember going to work with a black eye and I was at the front desk I was a receptionist. And I was working at Tribe Hotel. So it's like international guests. it was just, so I had to be put at the back for reservations. And I was thinking to myself, like, I can't keep doing this with my life. There's really no way I'm going. Yeah. I'll probably end up dead. That's just what I thought to myself. So that year after... I quit drinking for a year and a half. And I went to the gym every single day for that year.
0: Mm-hmm. Like
3: every day, every single day. And I was going seven days a week, but five days a week I was going twice a day. Like in the morning I do something, in the evening i went in the gym. So that year kind of built the base, um, the foundation for me really getting into fitness. Um, And I've never looked back since then. Uh, I remember how it just changed my mentality about everything. And I was also smoking, but this year I was still smoking. So I quit the drinking, but I was smoking that cigarettes. And I really wanted to quit that too. So apart from the gym, I now joined Muay Thai. And I did Muay Thai, it's a form of martial arts, for six months. And when I got there, the first thing I told the trainer is, I really want to quit smoking, and I hope this will help me. That, and let me tell you, he he was the owner of the place, and he was the meanest.
0: <laughs> I hated
3: him. I hated him. I I actually cried on oh, wow. two occasions while working out. It made me look abusive, but. I push myself really hard, and I don't like accepting defeat, especially when it comes to fitness and stuff like that. I'm like, I can still go on. So he really beat me down, and he kept saying when, like, I'm down, he was like, you see, if you never smoke those cigarettes, you'll be able to get back up and continue. And that really was doing my head in. It was doing me in, and I couldn't accept that. I was like, you know what? Fuck the cigarettes. It took me about a year and a half to completely stop, but in that first six months, I think I managed to stop, like, it as a daily habit into now doing it, like, once a month when I go out or kind of thing. So, yeah, it's, it's, I think life experiences just made me think about what I want to do, where I want to be with my life and, with, you know, kind of just woke me up, like, you know. You would not be here long if this is where you're heading and this is what you're doing. So make a decision about what it is you really want. I, I just knew I just didn't want to be that other side. So I was like, let's see where this will take me. It has done me well in the past. So let's see where it goes. Yeah. That's kind of my story as to how I started <laughs> what working out in the gym. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I kind of went from, you know, guys who didn't see me for like a year or two years, I kind of went from being this like lame and lanky 70 kg guy to, I was like 80 kgs in a year and so much bigger. And it was, so it, it was crazy. It was, it was quite the transformation. And with that now, is when we started vlogging on Instagram. And Instagram just started, this came out and YouTube was still there. So we were vlogging on YouTube and posting. No, Instagram wasn't even out yet. It was Facebook, then Instagram came. So we were just like posting our workouts of the day. Like we go work out, this is what we have done, post. Go workout, this is what we've done, post. And we started growing a following and people wanted to know what we're doing. How can we help them? And that's kind of how, you know, we started our social media journey. Yeah. yeah.
1: Which was actually my next question of how the, the content creation uh, came about. But it, it came with your story. Like, yeah. From yeah. the beginning up until now, which is, which is really dope.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, we uh, follow... I still follow a number of guys uh, in the States and the UK, all over the world, who are who are really into fitness blogging when it initially, like, started... Um, and we're just seeing what they're doing. And we're like, all right, so all you need to do is just tell guys what you're eating, tell guys about your day, show guys your workouts. Yeah. That's easy. We do that every day. So we just picked up a camera and made sure we did it every single day. And before you know it, a brand reaches out. And we're like, oh, okay, so we just need to now tie it into how this brand fits here. And we earn money. <laughs> like, oh, cool. <laughs> that's, that's great. Yeah, yeah. So there was those kind of things happening that also helped me make the decision to just completely jump from full-time employment to, or full-time employment and part-time this to this other side. I felt like there was hope. If that was just the beginning, that there was, you know, light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah.
2: And I think I, I just want to point out the fact that because I've seen that photo consistently on your. I think your Instagram page, you'll do like a TBT mm-hmm. where it's a comparison between, you know, you at 80 and you at, at 70. And I, I look at that photo and I'm like, oh, it looks like you just decided, you know, to join the gym, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> <Yeah>. obviously, <laughs> like if, you know, but like, yeah. I think hearing hearing your story and hearing the origin and the motivation that pushed you to that point, yeah. I think that's what a lot of people miss out. And it's one of the reasons why I quit mm-hmm. Instagram for four years is because I would keep trying to be like people like you and other fitness Mm. influencers and just being like, oh, if they can do it, I can do it. But not knowing the origin story meant that I quit so many times because I'm just like, oh, yeah, I mean, okay, they look like this within like a year. Why can't I look this? You know what I mean? Like some dumb shit like that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But then it's Mm -hmm. like if I know the reason why, and it's sort of just the point basically what I'm saying after my babbling is like you need to find your own origin story, your own motivation as to what's going to keep you, Pushing in the gym. Mm-hmm. And maybe it doesn't have mm-hmm. to be as dark as a Muay Thai. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, it doesn't teacher, have to like,
2: be. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but
2: it has to be something strong enough to get you there. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so, what, going back to being a social, going into the social media and into that space, what have been sort of like the challenges with, within that sphere? Mm-hmm. And I think, especially from a Kenyan perspective, because we had a micro influencer um, about maybe a couple of months ago, Ivy um on this podcast and just talking about Mm -hmm. what it's like being a social media influencer in kenya so what was that like going into the fitness influencer space you probably were maybe the first person
3: yeah um which ivy is this um just ivy
2: no different oh
3: okay 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 um yeah i think initially we were like the first ones if i'm not wrong um were well, the first ones doing it definitely on youtube in kenya um so it was painful when i had to leave the company and start over afresh i've only just started uploading back on youtube this year it, it was difficult uh, to get back there but yeah um, it was interesting because we started to notice people are seeing what we do as coaches and trainers differently because before it was just the whole notion of uh, it's just the guy in the gym doing aerobics with the steps you know kind of thing and it was never really or the guy in the gym just standing and who tells you to do this or do that so it was never really seen as a lifestyle it was never really seen as a job that can be done uh for living and full time so we thank social media for helping us at least send that message out and across and at least hopefully motivate and inspire younger guys and trainers who are looking, whether it's not in training or an industry that's just not known of, but at least to start because there has to be a start somewhere. Uh, But you kind of have to keep elevating and pushing the boundaries as to what you think is possible. Um, You know, it's impossible till someone does it, you know, kind of mentality. Um, I still feel like we are where DJs were maybe like 10 years, 15 years ago. But you've seen that industry grow. You've seen how other industries growing, are growing from musicians. So we are, I feel like where I'm kind of an OG. I feel very young, but I want to keep pushing in this industry. I want to elevate it. I want it to be respected and for people to see it as Something they want to do. Um, if this is what they want to do, yeah.
1: So, yeah. Um, um, not to take us back, but I think it's important that I ask this question because most of our listeners are young people um, navigating mm. through the university life. You know, um, from the high school to the university and making it through university. So during that yeah. time, as you say, the whole parting lifestyle, especially as it is in in Nairobi. And then you having that realization of this is now what you want to do through your fitness journey. Yeah. Was there that peer pressure to remain in the old lifestyle, and how did you navigate through? Especially, you know, with the friends that come with that, they've made some connections and they're people that you know you call your boys or your homies. But it's still that, um, yeah, lifestyle. And then then you can potentially lose them as you go into something more more healthy. So how was
3: navigating through that? Um, it wasn't easy. Um, luckily, I'd say uh, my now wife, Shiko, um, was very supportive. She kind of was like, yeah, we, we, we have been fucking around and it's really not taking us anywhere kind of mentality in me. So she supported she it. Um, and, you know, she was doing her thing, I was doing my thing. Um, everyone around me kind of knew, okay, don't call Shiv if we're going out past a certain time. Don't call Shiv if... And I I made it clear. I'm like, no, I'm not coming. Um, Are we drinking? No, I'm not coming. Are we... I I was just like, you know, I'm not coming. And I think you also have to be comfortable with the fact that it will be... It will be lonely. Um, Mm. It's a bit of a lonely journey. Yes, you have the support of your friends, but you see, you know, other people enjoying or being in big groups of friends. And you probably only have one or two people next to you who kind of see your vision or are supportive enough to be around you during the harder times. Yeah. But I'd say stick to those people as closely as possible. But I I don't feel like you kind of need to get out of the mentality of like, I'm just trying to impress people or be there because mm-hmm. everyone's there. just have to be comfortable with, yeah, I'm missing out and it's okay. You know, um, yeah. Oh, you're not coming out anymore. Oh, Connie, we're not boys. We're boys. Like I really don't have any beef, but I'm just not going to go out for that event. However, if you want to come to the gym with me, I will take you, and we'll have fun there. If you want to go for the marathon, that's or train for the marathon. If you want to, so it was like I, I want. I still want to spend time. But I just want to spend time with you doing that, and I'd let guys know because I still do it till now. I still have periods when. I train hard, then I take a break. I train hard, I take a break. Like now, I'm just relating this to that time. Like Mm -hmm. now I'm about to start like serious training for my 24-hour workout again. So I did this in 2019. I'm doing it again in November. So now for the next about 60 to 90 days, it's just all-out training. So I'm literally writing a memo to all my friends. And telling them, you know, from the 1st of September, um, you can't be at my house past uh, 9 p.m. or past 8 p.m. If you're coming to drink, um, just get something for yourself. Don't buy me anything. Um, I'm not going to be going out on Fridays, only Saturday and up to 8 p.m. I'm literally writing everyone a note and sending it everyone so i've let you guys know that this is what i'm doing so if you try to reach me you know what times to reach me at um where to reach me if if don't ask me don't don't ask me why 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 or why you know why you i've told you and i don't want to repeat myself kind of mentality so you have to be comfortable enough to just say how you feel and just not be afraid of hurting feelings because at the end of the day it's you who gets hurt when you don't achieve what it is you're trying to achieve or when you don't do your best to achieve what you've been trying to achieve. So did you do everything in your power to try and get there? Or did you kind of dilly-dally on your way there? You kind of have to be comfortable with the fact that you had feelings and that's just how it is. But if someone leaves because their feelings are hurt for something you're trying to achieve and they're not happy for you, it's like, come on, man, you know, okay. okay
2: yeah Yeah. and i think that's i think that's a very important point and i i want to ask this question i I, I don't sorry i don't listen to your podcast but i'm sure you probably have covered this or probably will cover this because it's a long-term relationship podcast but how did because obviously you're writing a memo to all your friends but you probably also have to write a memo to your own family (laughs) as well (laughs) so how did that tally up with working within in your relationship as well for people who are thinking about okay there's discipline you know with my friendships and stuff I can cover that but how do I manage discipline with my family who I still live with who maybe are not really getting in the way but I need to be able to because we're essentially talking about boundaries right just drawing clear boundaries so then how do you draw those boundaries with people who are really close to you and you live with
3: um I think it's the same uh like in the house so it's you know I let my wife know in advance like now for you know so we can plan our shopping now it's like i'm not going to be eating as much meat uh i'm not going to be eating more plant protein so we kind of have to factor that into the menu for the house into the shopping for the house and also just letting her understand and know that and see again the same way i had to talk to my parents and let them see the benefit of me leaving the employment and going into this it's also for her to see okay this is why i'm doing this these are the benefits you know literally showing her the presentation and being like i'm trying to get here i'm trying to do this and this is what i'm trying to earn and this is the money i'm trying to bring in for us (laughs) you know and to do this i need your support in this this and this way so how can you support where can you come in and what don't you want what can you compromise? What can't you compromise? Because there's mm-hmm. times I'm going to compromise things for her. This time she's compromising things for me. So how are we going to do that cohesively where we're not fighting about things, where we're constantly getting into each other's um, way? Um, I think there's communication as much as possible for what it is you're trying to. Not like being uh, you know, selfish, like extremely selfish, like, no, I'm not going to do that. No. I have to get my eight hours of sleep, so I'm not going to put the babies down. You know, I have to be realistic. Like, So it's like I I also have to now change my schedule. So instead of us having dinner together at 8.30 or 9, as we always do, I'm going to be having dinner at 7 with the kids. So I'm going to be mm-hmm. with the kids at that time because my food needs to digest earlier because I need to be asleep by 9.30 as opposed to the usual 10.30 or 11. So she already knows that now. You know this is the kind of my new program for this amount of time. So it's like okay, so how can we now find time within that? So early in the day, what's your day like now? do we find an hour 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 after that or do we find our hour before that? So it's like just constantly reevaluating and just seeing how we can make things work.
1: So with, with the, the fitness journey that you' are in now and all of the things that you've set up, and uh, what you're doing now what do you most what do you enjoy most about it what still drives you Hmm.
3: what still drives me i mean right now what drives me is to be huh interesting question dennis um what drives me i think to be the best um to be at the absolute top to level up every single time um I like to see people change and make as much of an impact from what I do. Mm-hmm. And if I don't make as much as an impact as I thought I would, then I do it again and I do something differently to see if I'll make even more of an impact. How can I level up from that? Yeah. I think that really drives me. And after now leaving um, just Jimit, and starting all over again in 2019. Now with my shifts in money fitness company, you know, it's a lot of trial and error, opening the new pages and all that, canceling my whole just gym it background and now starting again. And now I now started another company called Rotator and now it's like Rotator is my baby. So Rotator is now reaching onto the online space a lot more because yes, there's things we wanted to do and just shame it. So I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm going to do them now as uh, rotator wellness. Yeah. Um, so it's now working on those things every day. Just one day at a time, I have to make sure I've done something leading towards my goal. I kind of like to look at it like that. I kind of like to just look at it as an everyday thing. All right, today, what do I need to do? Tomorrow, what do I need to do? Um, I struggle Yes, I see the vision in the long run, but I, str- I, I struggle with. Uh, I think I'm going off course here. Let me just stick to uh, what no, the question. No, no. Um, <laughs> we like it. We like <laughs> it. Yeah. We yeah, the the course. Course. Yeah. Please continue. Yeah. So it's like I'm always starting something and not just starting. And I've been starting for reasons that I felt like I have to. But now I feel like I've started something that I want to see through. Mm-hmm. And I want to see it thrive and I want to see it big. So it's just I just have to do it. I I I, I don't know. I just can't not see it happening. I I can't live without I, I can't live with I, I feel like I can't live myself. I'm just like, yeah, it's it's difficult, but you know, yes, some days are hard, some days I don't want to do anything and that's fine, but if one day is bad, I go to make sure the rest of the six days in the week are amazing, you know. Mm-hmm. And a bad day for me can be like I've just uploaded a video on IG and that's all I've done all day. Otherwise, um, I haven't really opened my laptop. I haven't replied to an email. I haven't. But the next time, like, OK, you had your sob day, you had your cry. You know, you lay in bed and shed a few tears, but what do we need to do today? You can't keep doing that. So it's just, you know, and I think just taking very simple steps like, okay, what do I need to do to be in a good mood? I need to wake up on time. All right, so I'll make sure I wake up on time. I need to do my cold shower. I need to get to the gym on time. I need to drink this amount of water. Then I need to walk the dog. I need to work out. I need to reply to my emails in the morning. I need to, so for me, it's just like, stacking on these small things which would otherwise start to frustrate me and overwhelm me later on and just making sure they're done and that just keeps me going and keep me motivated like okay you did great that was an amazing day you replied to the evils you replied, you know and just positive self-talk i think um yeah yeah
2: and i think just following up to that question regarding positive self-talk what was it like firstly when you first started, you know, putting yourself out on social media, I think particularly separate from just it, because at least before you had sort of like the cover of somebody else being there with mm-hmm. you and being also the face of that company. But then when you started Rotator mm-hmm. and it's just you and you're starting not necessarily from scratch, because obviously people know who you are. Um, but at the same time, it's like starting from somewhere new, having to start, you know, build yourself up again. And so how do you essentially deal with imposter syndrome? I think particularly in the face of everybody Mm. else, sort of like looking at you and watching your journey.
3: Um, That's a good question. Um, So I struggled with imposter syndrome, I think, in 2021 the most. Mm -hmm. So we've moved house um, in the past eight years. We've moved... um, from my first house to the second, third, and now we're in our fourth house in the past eight years. So when we moved into this house, I struggled so much to even show people a glimpse of the house for the longest time. You know, it's the kind of thing where you've worked so hard and now you're in this house. Like you have your own compound, it has an upstairs (laughs) and a downstairs, and you have a dog and your two kids and your wife, and a car and I, I struggled for months and that's the year i actually kind of went into a slight depression mm. after getting all this i was just like i didn't know how to process all this i think I, I was just feeling like yeah but you know you don't have a phd you don't have a this you, you don't have you know are you worthy of this are you It took a while to get out of that mentality, and it was difficult. It was so difficult. I'm not sure exactly how. I think I was talking to mainly my wife and one or two family members about it. I think my mom and my sister, who are very supportive, a very supportive family. Uh, My mom, by the way, was very supportive about me leaving my job. She didn't get it the first time. She was just like, okay, (laughs) do what you need to do, you know. I think because I was still young, she was like, if anything, you can always go back. That's what she told me. And I was like, yeah, I guess so. Um, so it's just that imposter syndrome comes in and you really doubt yourself. Like, And it wasted quite an amount of months for me because I built a, a lot of momentum. Then I was kind of silent for months because um, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to post. I didn't know what to say. I felt like it was just it I, it it wasn't I felt like I was living someone else's life. Mm. So just accepting that you're here and you've worked so many years for this. You've done you've done all that, but yes, this is not the end. This is where you are. So enjoy it, live it, but set goals, keep setting them, keep raising the bar higher and higher and higher kind of mentality. And um yeah, it's been all not all rosy, it's been difficult business wise because I'm also learning again so much. Yes, I've started a new company, yes, I've learned what I needed to learn from the previous ones, but it's now a whole new level. Or oh, now I'm learning how to fundraise, I'm learning how to tell my story uh, on paper, I'm learning how to talk to investors, I'm learning. How to do a financial model. Like this is a thing that, you know, I was like, oh shit, now I'm back to square one, I'm back to grade one again, kind of thing. So it's like you get to that level, but when you get to that level, you realize, yeah, I'm 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 down here again. So you get up again, I'm down here. So it's like there's a ladder you're continuously climbing, whether it's business-wise, whether it's emotionally, learning yourself and bettering yourself, whether it's physically in the gym. Um whether it's mentally with the books you're reading and just opening your mind up to more things or the travel you're doing. So I think you're constantly learning and I think that helps, um, also just knowing yourself and regulating your emotions better moving forward. And are there people you look up to? Um, in life in general, in the industry, sorry, in, in the industry. Oh, uh, in the industry? And also in life in general, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a number of people. I'd say there's this guy in the UK who, he's like, he's, how old is he? He's about six years older than me. He has a daughter a year older than mine and a son two years younger than mine. No, a year younger than mine. Um, but everything, like, I... I look up to him. Yes, I do look up to him. His name is Jay, Jamie Ardleton. He has this podcast Mindset with Muscle. He has a few world records in some ridiculous fitness events um, but uh, just basically making an impact and being as positive um, in life. That's the one I would say top of my head has really influenced my decisions in business and in family and seeing him you know, working hard in maintaining his relationship and his business, which is not easy, Um, especially as, you know, the fame grows and all that grows, there's a lot of attention. So you kind of have to stay grounded um, in some way.
2: And um, regard with... So... I've really enjoyed talking to you. This has been very exciting. I think you're the first dad we've had on the podcast.
1: Oh, I, I <laughs> believe so. I believe, right? so.
2: right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, yeah.
1: So, okay. what, what
2: has it? Sorry, that's my my own dog. Um, during so, one thing I, I wanted to know was that during COVID, I threw myself into fitness. I think a lot of people did, particularly when gyms closed, because I was in Malaysia at the time, and it was quite it was, there were quite a lot of restrictions. Gyms were closed. You couldn't leave. More than 10 meters or 10 kilometers from your house, sorry. Um, and so I just threw myself into jump rope. I was watching these guys on YouTube. I don't know if you guys know them, the jump rope dudes. Um, just really mm-hmm. funny guys. Um, but the one thing I really struggled with is how was taking a break and taking a step back. And obviously, as someone who's in the fitness in- industry, you have sort of mentioned you taking breaks from working out. And so how do you sort of like navigate that? Because you go from doing... I think this can be applied to people in general who take something they're passionate about as a hobby, then they turn that into a career. So how do you sort of like navigate that fine line between this is something I enjoy, but then I also need to take a break from it because mm-hmm. now it's turned into a business and a career.
3: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so the first break I took, I think, would be from bodybuilding. Um, I used to bodybuild and that's when... I switched to CrossFit in 2017 after I stepped on stage, and I realized that this is all for time to do. I don't want to get fit and look good for the sake of aesthetics only. Um, it wasn't making an impact to other people as I thought it was, and it wasn't realistic to the white majority. So I switched to CrossFit and started again. It was difficult at the beginning, but it gave me a new outlook on fitness and um working out in general, where it's not just about how you look, it's about how you feel, what it's doing for you, what it's doing for your family and the people around you. So CrossFit has helped me take fitness more holistically um, in a sense, because yes, I'll train hard and I'll do this CrossFit competition and I'll do this challenge that's a 24-hour workout challenge. However, I know I can still take a break and instead of working out seven days a week, and i can work out three days a week and i'm not going to lose it all and become super unfit because i'm not i'm not throwing everything away i'm just slowing down and i think it's important for the body to slow down to repair itself it's important for your mind also to take breaks um, from something for some time maybe your break is every other day some people prefer to take breaks for a few weeks after months of intense work Some people take breaks on the weekend. So it's like during that break also, are you taking an active break or are you just going left all the way? So are you just like binge drinking and eating all the junk? And are you, are you, so it's like, why why do you hate yourself when you're on this break kind of thing? You know, so you're still taking care of your body. You're still doing what needs to be done. You're just not going as intense. So instead of measuring all your meals, I'll just eat normally instead of, going hard in the gym for an hour and a half, I'll just do a 30-minute workout, so I'm just slowing down, I'm not stopping, I'm just giving myself a break from the intensity um, at the moment. It's just, I think, related to relationships where it's not all rosy 24-7, 365, like, oh, you know, my love, how have you been? (laughs) I've missed you so much. You know, sometimes it's like, hi, hi, (laughs) you know, kind of thing. But you kind of catch yourself after like weeks, you're like, oh, you know, I don't think we're heading in the correct direction. We're not being as intimate. So you, you have to be intentional about it. Okay, let's start. I need to hold your hand more. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to, even if it means writing it down in a to-do list of your day, you know, have I um, spoken her love language? Have I told her, um, like hers is affirmations. So make sure I'm doing a daily affirmation Yes, sometimes it may not be you know, the coolest affirmation, but it's an affirmation. And at the end of the 30 days, you realize, oh, wow, we're so much closer now. So it's just like mindset shifts up and down. It's not always going to be tip top perfect. Yeah. Um, but I think breaks are important um, at the end of the day. Yeah. And there was something about my daughter and seeing us doing what we love to do. Yes. Um, I don't know if she understands everything we do completely <laughs> and the different kind of shifts we've had to make in our careers in our lives. Now she's starting to see it and understand it. They both know, okay, Papa is a coach, but you know, Mama used to be at work 24-7 before my second born came, but now she's in the house the whole time, so I think my first one understands. The second one has no idea what we do, she knows I'm a coach, but she has no idea what my wife does. Uh, she just knows she takes videos and posts and stuff and talks to people on the phone, kind of thing. So, I guess it's just the reality they're living in, and she doesn't really know any other reality to compare to, so it's just what she knows at the time. So, you kind of realize that you know. That's a, if that's how you grew up and that's what you did. That's kind of what was your real, that that's what your reality was. Mm-hmm. It's the older you get, you start to realize. Oh, so there's all these other things, and this also happens. Yes, we can show her and tell her, but kind of at the end of the day, experience kind of opens your eyes a bit more when you experience a book or you experience a workout or you experience traveling or you know it kind of open your eyes a bit more than just telling her right now
2: and what in terms as we're talking about impact what has been the impact you've seen of you essentially being the face of fitness in kenya on the kenyan fitness industry have you seen other people Mm. take it as seriously Um, and has it been a positive impact and what do you hope to see in the next few years
3: Wow, the face of fitness in Kenya. (laughs) Um, Nervous laugh. Um, I have seen many other younger people picking up cameras and getting more confident to talk um, online. I have also seen very many people reach out to me from DMs to... Basically, let me say, yes, the numbers are showing in the business. So from going to, from selling, I'll just give an example, from one meal plan a month to selling, you know, a meal plan every other day, that's a huge thing. Um, from walking out into a supermarket and not knowing anyone to knowing one person to being stopped four times in the supermarket and people actually telling you, yo, thanks for doing what you're doing. Thanks for these videos. They're helping me, they help me start or they help me keep going or just wake up in the morning and get to my workout that for me is an impact and i i love that it fuels me and i'm like i need to do even more now i need to reach even more people because it's working what i'm doing is helping people and that's what i want to do
2: and so we were right to say we we're very excited to have you in the podcast. You've just proven our point. Um, and so what do you hope to see in the next yeah. few years in terms of the impacts on the fitness industry in Kenya? Um,
3: I hope uh, that we can, first of all, reach more people, not just in the urban areas, but also the rural areas, because the problems you're facing in urban areas now, we're also facing in rural areas to do with this lifestyle diseases. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd also like there to be a lot more regulation um, in terms of like minimum wage so basically we need to build our own associations and start our own association up to policy level about not just how ordinary people train but about how our athletes from our sportsmen train, how they eat, how they're treated, how they recover the amount of uh, basically resources that goes into the industry in general I think is to increase and I'd like to be part of that um, from a policy level all the way at the top.
2: Nice, so it'll be very exciting to see that happen and um, I think it'll definitely come true and we hope to have you back on the podcast to talk more about that. Um, But yeah, I Mm -hmm. think that brings us to the end of today's podcast. Thank you so much for your time. um, And thank you so much for being so honest and humble and sharing your story with us.
3: Thank you very much, Cynthia. I think Dennis has just gone off, but thank you very much for having me. This was amazing. Um, Yeah, it was a pleasure.
2: And uh, for our listeners, you can catch us on the next episode. Just remember to leave a rating and a review. Uh, Share this podcast on Instagram, share with people who you think who would enjoy it. And also let us know who else you'd like to have on the podcast uh, and we'll catch you on the next one. Take care.
3: Yeah. Bye.
0: Thank you for tuning into another episode of a Kenyan's experience. If you found this episode inspiring or even helpful, then please do us a solid and share it with close friends or family or even just share it to the world we appreciate you hit us up check out that new feature the voice notes let us know what you think about this episode we'd love to hear back from you